Hello and welcome back to CHH Hysteria, a podcast for CHH about everything CHH. I'm your host, Cole. I'm your co-host, Cooper. And today we are joined once again by Apex. He's a good friend of ours and an upcoming Christian hip-hop artist who just dropped his second album, which is one of the best of the year so far, called Missions and Convictions. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you for calling my album one of the best so far. That means a lot. Oh, it is for real, but... Um, so if you haven't heard that, be sure to check it out after this interview or before, but then come back. Um, and then, but before we get too far, go to in, um, Apex, you want to go to us and tell us what MNC is about? There's a lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so missions and convictions is more or less the narrative of me finding out about my muscular dystrophy, my life changing disease and kind of the mental and spiritual impact that that took on me, um, as well as like kind of walking through bigger issues in life. I feel like a lot of people can relate to one thing or another that they hear in the album, but it's more or less just trying to figure out the balance between what you're called to do and what you're struggling with, you feel me? So has this album uh, challenged your walk with God? If so, how much? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, it's funny because like, um, like artists and maybe people who are music obsessed measure their life by like music milestones if that makes sense instead of like birthdays so looking back on the last three years of my life and writing this album is so um interesting to see where i've come from where i started and a lot of that has to do with with like growing spiritually and growing in my trust in god and um you know, kind of finding my identity throughout all of the struggles and finding my identity in Christ has been a big an emphasis for me, like very intentionally looking for that and struggling with it. And I feel like by the end of the album process, I've really um, found myself in a good place there. So it's definitely changed my walk with God, but I would say for the better. Um, so this album has gone through like a lot of troubles, um, kind of like you said, um, and you've kind of been open with that on like Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, so can you walk us through some of the troubles that you experienced and how you overcame them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny because whenever I started this album, I was still in high school. Um, this was three years ago at this point. And a lot of the reasons why the album changed, like, of course, we had location issues with Odyssey and I not being in the same place and stuff like that. Odyssey executively produced this whole album, for those who don't know, along with myself. Um, but really, a lot of the reason why this album was delayed is because I knew I wanted to do it right. So when I started writing this, it was like a concept, and the concept just had to hit, you feel me? So as I kept growing as a person, I knew that this album had to get bigger and bigger. And also, I wanted it to have like a nice resolve to it, you know, and not just present all these struggles, all these issues, whatever, without any kind of closure, not saying I've like arrived at who I am. But I think by the end of the album, you get a really good sense of like comfort. And then on top of that, just to be honest with you, why a lot of artists don't drop music when they're supposed to, just like kept getting better on my art and I kept growing. So that came with a lot of changing the album, changing songs, changing verses. Um, time zone was one that I rewrote a few times. The intro, of course, as I like said in the album, 
And then, honestly, I think the only concept that stood still from 2018 to when this was dropped is the song Curse. Everything else was rewritten. So just the more that I grew in my craft, the more that I wanted to be intentional that I brought the best product possible to the music. Um, so when someone sits down to listen through Missions Convictions, what do you want them to get out of it? That's a loaded question, my guy. Um, you know, I, I think artists just want people to be able to relate to their music. Um, and so I think someone could come up to me and say, oh, this album helped me believe in God again. And then the next person comes up to me and is like, this album let me know that I need to take my physical health seriously. And both of those people are right because you can't be wrong in how you interpret music, which is so beautiful. But at the end of the day, I think what I really want is just for people to be inspired and prayerfully that leads to more faithfulness and faith in God and stuff. But at the end of the day, I just want people to relate and, and feel like you can get through the struggle. You know, I think that's most important, especially right now. No, I thought, I thought the way you, uh, first of all, the album's fantastic, and like all the songs are, I love them all. And then one thing I really appreciated about this was like just the whole rollout, I felt like was really like smooth. I mean, I know you obviously had your troubles with Apple um, stuff like that, but um, overall, like you had a very good marketing a way of marketing it. Um, and something I was impressed was you chose your singles super well for the album. They all felt like singles but they also all felt like they belonged in the album. So how did you choose the singles and then how did they change over time? Like if you had different singles chosen first or whatever. Thank you. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, the only single that I was 100% sure was gonna be a single initially is Wolves. And that's because it really just felt like, it felt different enough to not be copying someone else. It still felt single structure. The issue with choosing singles on this album is a lot of the songs fell out of typical song structure. So we didn't have the intro, the 16, the chorus, the 16, chorus, and the outro, like a lot of the singles that you usually hear on the radio do. Instead, we had this weird, like, intro maybe, 24 bar verse, chorus maybe, 12 bar verse, and like, it didn't really, what people were looking for especially playlists and radio stuff so i remember odyssey and i just had like a sit down conversation i was like bro i don't care <laughs> if people playlist this or not obviously i want that to happen to grow the art but i just want to be proud of what i make and i want to be sure that every song that i drop leading up to this album gives you a glimpse of the album while having a full concluded story in it so wolves was like no brainer the second was Vendetta, and Odyssey was kind of against me dropping Vendetta as a single at first, until he started to see how my mind was working with it. So Vendetta is like, kind of en encapsulates the whole album narrative in four minutes. And it has the nice resolve in the second verse, which is something that was very hard to find throughout looking through the track list that we ended up with. The third single was 10,000 Ways, which Odyssey pushed me to, to push as an out uh, an album single i wanted it to just kind of be something that you find at the end of an album like dessert after a good meal and not be expecting it to be so good but it was either that or eric bledsoe 
and Eric Bledsoe, as much as I love that song and I believe that it could have been successful as a single, didn't have the resolve that I wanted. and was kind of a, a weird excerpt of the album when it's not in context. So at the end of the day, um, we just decided to go 10,000 ways. I'm super grateful I did because I think that it, um, it can go a long way still and it's already such a powerful song that it needed some time to stand alone. Yeah, I, I'm glad you went with 10,000 Ways over um, Eric Bledsoe as well. Even though Eric Bledsoe is probably one of my, if not my favorite song on the album, it just feels so much better on the album, if that makes sense. Um, so kind of continue on with like this rollout. Um, also, a lot of things that we don't have with some artists sometimes is like the the covers, they all kind of align together. Like, you know, it kind of led to the actual cover. Was that like one photo shoot? How did that cover come to be? Like, kind of tell the story behind that. Great question. Yeah, shout out to my friend Sydney SB Photographs, I think on Instagram. She shot the whole thing and we did a two part shoot. Um, So I can try to make it deep and conceptual and say that the first shot was done at dusk to kind of like bring the gritty vibe. And then the second one was done a little lighter to bring the hope. As cool as that is, that would be a retcon. We honestly just needed more time to shoot pictures. Um, But as far as getting the promo photos to lead up to the album, that was always what I wanted. I believe that art kind of should stretch more than a song. And um, don't get me wrong, I love when artists just drop random songs. Like I'm a huge J. Cole stan, and he doesn't usually do a lot around the art. brand it as just an album felt a little shallow considering how deep the subject is so we decided to make it a multimedia project so you'll get the songs you'll get the promo photos you'll get the blogs on my website and then i'm also in the process of making a documentary so we wanted everything to lead up and then present the full story and then be like now here's how it happened afterwards so to answer your question it was very intentional and the single covers, shout out to Noah Brown, who did the graphics for the album, uh, 10,000 Ways and Vendetta, um, killed it, killed it. So they all just kind of wanted it to come together. And thankfully my team was on board with me, um, Odyssey, Sydney, and then Matt and Aaron, who I got to work with later in the process were big um, advocates for me pursuing that. Yeah, nice. Um... No, I love I love the whole multimedia approach that you've been doing. It's really, it's been really interesting. You know, like seeing, like the blog posts, the different like little videos you've been making about it. I think it's super dope and it adds a lot to the album. Like I don't know, but um, so, you know, you say you're working on a documentary. What's that documentary gonna be like, if you can say? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's gonna be a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Did y'all ever see the Saturday morning cartoons that Andy Minio used to put out? I did, I love those. So that deepened my love for music so much and the love for creation. And I always wanted to kind of do that as well as John Bellion has the making of videos, which same thing, every time I watch those, I get like mad inspired. I'm like, let's go write a number one song. So what I wanted to do is kind of take that and put my own little twist on it and show like, yeah, this is how we made it but also this is everything that we had to overcome to do it so i'm like talking about and showing a lot of the issues that we had um odyssey's on there talking about 
a lot of the physical things that I had to go through. And it's, um, hopefully it's going to be pretty moving and received well, but and making a documentary is hard work, so we'll see how it ends up. I'm super excited for the documentary. Is the documentary, is that kind of like the end of MNC, or do you have more stuff planned after that? That's what I have to or, see. Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so how did you choose the features for like the different songs? And then were there any features that didn't make the cut? That's a great question. Um, yeah, so features are really cool, really interesting thing for me. I think I mentioned on my last interview I did with y'all. Oh, by the way, I meant to say this is my first like album interview, so I'm super excited. Um, hey. But on the last interview I did with y'all for Wolves, I mentioned that Trey's the first person I've had on my music since Perspective. So it definitely wasn't something that I took lightly. I had to find like secret sauce, people to bring the right things to the music. So um, Trey was the first person who I ended up reaching out to, and he absolutely nailed it. I've been so blessed to work with incredible artists and incredible people on this project, like all around. Um, I spent like time in prayer about who do I want to work with on this album? Who do I want to feature? And that might sound a little weird, but I think it's something that maybe more Christian artists should consider doing um, because you get, I'm not going to get into all that, but uh, we had a lot of fun picking the features for one. And then as far as like finding the right fit, I don't think I could look back on this album with any regret. It was something that I really tried not to do. So I was like, is Tyler really who I want on Eric Bledsoe? And he ended up being an absolute of a feature you know and just kind of stuff like that that worked out as far as people who are maybe going to be on it who didn't end up on it there were a few um there's a couple bigger artists and i don't want to put their business out there as to why they couldn't end up on the album but hopefully i'll get to work with them in the future but uh overall like features are very fun and i'm glad that I got to do it again and I'm glad that I took the time to grow before I did that because it prepared me to choose these features and not just hop on whoever was selling a 16. No, um, you, you brought up Eric Bledsoe. I, I absolutely love the hook on that. I, you said Tyler's his name? Either way, it's amazing. <laughs> T-San's his artist name. Okay, um, T-San. He's incredible. So yeah, moving um, kind of away from like the general of the album um, and kind of more into like specific songs. Um, one of the, my another one of my favorite songs, my top two songs are probably Eric Bledsoe and Time Zone. But in Time Zone, one of the first things you said is cook the coffee like crack. I feel like there's a story behind this. Do you actually know how to cook crack? And then also, <laughs> and also, uh, what's yeah, what's the story? Okay, I'm so glad that you asked this. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to. I've never cooked crack. I've never. <laughs> crack or whatever <laughs> but I get the idea of it you know so here's this story oh my gosh this is so funny this is one of my favorite stories ever um I went to Hamilton which is where Odyssey was living at the time to record the anxiety EP in July August of 2018 and I had like I've been around him before a few times, but I didn't know him super well at that point. And um, 
I stayed for like four nights, I think, just on a sofa. So he was like super open. And uh, we got to grow our friendship and our bond a lot there. And that's where a lot of like even themes you see through this album started. But throughout the course of that, um, I'm a coffee fanatic. I just want to say I love coffee. Maybe I shouldn't say fanatic because coffee heads who really are coffee fanatics might get offended because I don't know that much. But I love coffee. Um, and Odyssey doesn't love it as much as me. So he was in university, right? And university students are typically broke, are living the broke lifestyle. So he had a Keurig and it had broke like two days before I got there. He didn't really care because he wasn't huge into coffee, but I was. <laughs> so he was broke. I was broke. I was like, what are we going to do? So he had all these K cups. And by like the second night, I was just so exhausted because we stayed up forever making anxiety. And I was like, bro, have a crazy idea that just might work. So we went up to the kitchen and I opened the K-cup. I poured it in a little pot, <laughs> just poured water in it and tried to, try to boil it like that. Try to boil coffee out of the K-cup. Eventually, we decided to switch to like spoon which is where the crack thing comes from but we ended up with like two hours later a successful very weak cup of coffee and then we ended up like just mustering up everything we had and head to starbucks a few like the next day but it was it was one of the best experiences of my life that 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 sounds so fun <laughs> good memories um so another like I mean all the songs are really good, but like um I really like just ignore it. Um and there is some progression in the song that um I noticed and so in the hook it says just ignore it, act like it's gonna go away. And then in the post chorus at the end of the song, it says don't ignore it. What did this progression look like look like in your life specifically? Progression is a funny word to use there because like to be honest with you, bro. I wish that it was some sort of slow progression. So the song is just about like me getting sick or finding out I was sick at least. And um, I'm an athlete, I was an athlete. I play basketball all the time. And in like typical athlete fashion, I was taught to just kind of ignore pain or embrace pain and just keep going. And um, that cost me so much. And then like one day at practice, I just like, down to do a burpee and couldn't get back up and the next thing you know i'm like dang and the ambulance so i really wanted this song to be more of a message to people it's like don't ignore something if you think that it's wrong and that doesn't have to be physically it can be but like mentally if you're starting to feel weird adjust it be like why am i starting to feel weird or spiritually if you feel like you're starting to drift address it i'm not saying that it'll always change the end result it will definitely better prepare you for the end. So progression is like a funny word. I'm glad that you used it. Uh, no, I just love that. Like, you know, like uh, like admitting something is like the first step to healing from something. I think that's dope. Like, and that song really shows it. Thank you, bro. So then um, in Hearse, another line that I caught. Um, so you say, I'm praying in the church more times than not, but it's only getting worse more times a lot, more times than not. Uh, what does this line mean, and is there a story to this line? Yeah, good question. So, 
purse as a whole is one of my favorite pieces of art that I've ever made. Um, I know it's not like a fan favorite by any means, but I love it because the goal of the song was to present the feeling of anxiety in the most transparent way possible. So it's like a lot of what you're saying and doing is contradicting itself. And there's, there is the tie into like literally me praying in a church and I wasn't getting better, but more so is the overall concept of like, and no matter what we try or how we try or whatever, um, sometimes it just feels like things aren't getting any better. And so the whole album kind of boils down to that song and you could say even that line um, as kind of the breaking point in the story, which I know you have a question about the track listing thing up, so I won't get too far into that, but um, the line was very intentional, even if it wasn't like super introspective for me. Uh, I just want to realize like, yeah, we all feel like that sometimes. We all feel like no matter what we do, um, we're not doing it right. So on Eric Bledsoe, uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe is a basketball player, which I only know because of you. So kind of what's the story behind the name? Like how did how did you choose it? You know, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, good question. So. This is one of the few times I've chosen a name before I wrote the song. Um, so Eric Bledsoe, for those who don't know, is like a point guard in the NBA. And he was in a weird situation in Phoenix. And he just tweeted out one day, I don't want to be here. And it went like, it went like a sports viral, if you will. And everyone was like, yo, look at this. Because he's like, no one's ever requested out of a theme from Twitter before that. Um, so it was like a big deal. And it's kind of remained a thing, like it remained a joke. But the story for me was like, when I first immigrated to Canada, I was here. I was not a citizen. I was going through all that. And then on top of that, I was getting sick. And on top of that, I was living in a basement. So I was like, I just don't want to be here. Then I was like, Eric Bledsoe, and a light went off. And that was a idea that I kept tucked away for a long time. I wasn't sure where I was going to put it, like as far as if I was going to actually release it on an album or not. And then and I think 2019, I decided, yo, this would fit great on Missions and Convictions that's where the song came from and that's kind of why it's placed there nice so yeah another thing they said on eric bledsoe that kind of caught my attention was um they asked for 10 percent each is that the manager or pastor because they both stole from me are you talking about a specific time here or kind of what you're talking about and then also um on god of love which is the outro you said pastor said i'd go to hell look at me now is like are you talking about a specific pastor or what's going on here Right. Uh, no. Um, I, uh, so on Eric Bledsoe, I'll talk about that one first. Never had a manager, right? So that line is, by the way, if you do get a good manager that only asks for 10%, run with them because that's crazy. But that line, <laughs> I thought just kind of more so like sounded really dope. But then it, it is kind of deep because never had a pastor steal from my wallet or whatever but i'll tell y'all a quick story for the sake of disclosure i won't say any names but 
one pastor I had at one point uh, ended up doing like terribly criminal things, terribly sinful things. And um, one thing he did that was like one of the lesser offenses, if you will, was he would say that he was collecting um, love offerings to replace the roof. So he got like six figures and just dipped with it. So that's kind of like, that's kind of the tie in there. It's like, yeah, yeah, pastors do steal money sometimes. And then for God of love, like, I don't have anything against pastors. I, I know like some Christians do, and that's their thing. But um, I've been kind of in a weird position with one or two or three. And uh, this one told me that, uh, I, so I told him that I was changing my diet to kind of um, better adjust my inflammation and my pain levels and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to try a vegan diet. And he was like, well, you know, word of God says, if you don't eat meat, you're going to hell. I was like, no, the word of God doesn't say that, but okay. <laughs> and so he came back a few minutes later with uh, his iPhone out, he had been on Google, and he was like, look at this. It's one of the 13 letters, I think it was First Corinthians, was, was where I was um, explaining to the, to the people of the church that uh, the animals have been made clean for eating. And I was like, yes, but that doesn't say you're going to hell if you don't eat them. So it was, it was a funny thing for me, but I, I included it because I thought that it would be a really nice attention-grabbing line. It kind of sits well with the whole outro of the album. Dude, that is crazy. I, like, you know, I've heard a lot of Christians fight over salvation stuff. I've never heard a Christian claim that eating meat is a part of salvation. <laughs> like, so bro, funny, that's bro. Wild. <laughs> but no, that, that's just wild to me. Um, so um, after Eric Bledsoe, uh, you have King's Interlude which is kind of an interesting spot on the album uh, because like Vendetta oh wait is it Vendetta King's Interlude then Eric Bledsoe mm -hmm. my bad so yeah like Vendetta and then Eric uh, then King's Interlude and Eric Bledsoe and, like Vendetta Eric Bledsoe more vulnerable tracks like lyrically um, and stuff and then King's Interlude is kind of like mm -hmm. I don't know like is there um, can you kind of talk us through your thought process of why you placed it there because I know it has a reason yes absolutely absolutely um so kind of the whole dynamic of this album I wanted to show was um, the idea of having to kind of pretend like you're okay when you're not because um, that's like what I went through and I know so many millions of people go through that too in different ways so I wanted to present it in a really cool fun conceptual way so throughout the album I have like these really deep introspective songs and then I have these like highs so king's interlude is one and um zone is one even in a way that's like time zone is cool uh fun standalone track in its own right but in the context of the album um it's like glorifying something that's a struggle for you in the same way king's interlude is for me because a lot of this album has been like me fighting to get right spiritually and stuff and king's interlude i think i put in my genius annotations was like the Look at me, I'm a poster boy, Christian rapper, um, talking about Jesus for 51 seconds, and then all of a sudden it's just that deep um, string intro to Air Blood Zone. It's like, yo, that's completely jarring 
because that's what life was for me for so long. It's like trying to put on the display of like, yo, I'm okay. Not necessarily because I wanted to, but because of the circumstances around me. And then learning like, it's okay to, to be honest, which you get to in a thousand ways and, and stuff. So uh, yeah, definitely a, a very intentional decision to sandwich it between, like you said, two of the more vulnerable tracks on the album. Good question. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't have this down as a question. So maybe you don't. Uh, but like, um, it just makes me wonder. Like, did you go? Th- I, did you go through a lot of changes of like how you ordered the tracks, or is it pretty set in stone, like from the get go? Um, wouldn't say we went through a lot of changes, but we definitely went through changes. Um, like, there's tons of well going back to when I started this, absolutely, because only one or two songs ended up going through the, the three different iterations of this album. But um, starting like, say a year ago, May 2020 was when I was really like, okay, this is how this is gonna go. Probably went through three or four different changes and then had to cut uh, a song that just didn't really fit. We cut a different things here and there. So, um, I don't know, I would say not a lot, but we definitely thought about it more than maybe most artists do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, going back to like the, I mean, just like the track listing of how you have that roller coaster you're kind of talking about. Um, you told me that like King's Interlude through Hearst is kind of that roller coaster. It has a lot of different emotions and a lot of different sounds. Like, does that, what does that roller coaster look like? to you you kind of explained it but yeah go ahead yeah i mean i really should have just said from like back two to 12 is a roller coaster because the intro sets up the narrative and everything else is the story right yeah like i said we were looking for fake highs and stuff um that can be conveyed as a feeling of like better than i am um but you look at like just ignore it through god of love and the first two songs is about like a progression with my sickness and uh then it's like vendetta starts to be like yo this is affecting me mentally king center was like no i'm good air blood so it's like no i'm not steadily improving is when we start to turn around a little bit it's like maybe i can embrace this maybe i can get this to be used to my advantage then time zones like uh, I'd rather just pretend like it's not happening, and then Hearst is like, shouldn't have done that. This is where it's all coming to light, and finally being honest with myself, and then 10,000 ways is where I'm like, oh, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this in the time zone way. The only way to feel like whole again, feel peace, is by the love of Jesus. And so from 10,000 Ways, and Jay, Jay Connick has such a pivotal verse, I don't think people realize it enough. His verse meant, okay, I see this love that God has, has given me and has poured into me. Now I'm going to take that to everyone. We got to love everyone. So how do you is where it's like, thank you for this love. And kind of like an exchange between God and you just worshiping and loving and then God of love you get to take that love with you the world you know the great commission love God love people not one is greater than the other 
so it, it's definitely um, super intentional. I don't know how many people pick up on it, but hopefully uh, more than not. Yeah, I love I love it. Like it tells a story and it has like kind of not like necessarily an end, but like has an end, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you and you brought up 10,000 Ways, and that was one of the singles. I love 10,000 Ways. Um, you, it touches on a lot of heavy subjects, such as, like, depression and racism, which can be pretty, like, polarizing at times. Um, and then, like, many times when an artist releases a track that touches on some of these subjects, they get a lot of flack or hate. Did you receive any of that? Um, I was prepared for it a little bit, but honestly not as much as I thought I would I would receive, which I'm very thankful for. Um, maybe it's just because, like, not a big artist yet. But, I mean, there's definitely some people that were, like, trying to hear about this or, you know, whatever. It's like, um, this isn't Christian enough. Get those messages, and all you can do is shrug it off. But, like, the fact that eight, nine, ten people messaged me and, like, yo, this song made me cry, that's enough to all those other opinions invalid and just be like mm. thank you god i was obedient and i'm hopefully like if i do everything on my end then that's all i can do and people can either receive it and rock with it or not you know so um wasn't that much hate thankfully we'll see the the song's still pretty fresh the album's still pretty fresh so um we have time to be hated yet boys oh man <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you were prepared and also I didn't receive much. And then did you actually get like um, people messaging you saying that that like made you made them cry? Yeah, yeah, man. And it's like amazing, bro. God is so good because like I've said since I've started this thing when I was 10 years old, all I want to do is like help one person, impact one person. And, you know, I've had multiple people messaged me after this album and said that it like changed their life and that's just that's crazy and that honestly that's another reason why i delayed the album because i knew like okay this is cementing me as like a christian leader and i've seen all too often christian leaders fall because they're not prepared enough for those kind of messages and um you know it, it's it's crazy thinking about how god works and moves things like i'm getting chills talking about it but um yeah, yeah, man. I'm so thankful for it all. Yeah, no, it's crazy that um, you're already getting people, you know, that are impacted by your music. Just imagine when you have like ten times the audience, what are you gonna be able to do? That's crazy. Well, God will be able to crazy. do. I should say like that. But um, absolutely. So, staying on ten thousand ways, um, you you have a line in there that also caught my attention. It says, "I'll give up my addiction if you swear I'll get through it." Was, was there a specific addiction that you were talking about here? Is it just kind of like a general sin or? Yeah. Um, no, nah, there's not really an addiction I can pinpoint, but I knew that a lot of people would relate to that. So, like, obviously there's things that I struggle with. There's sin, like, in humans, humans are inherently good because we're made in the image of God, but we're also inherently evil because of the fall and sin nature in our heart. So there's always going to be that struggle. It's like, and God has given us so much already, but we're so reluctant to not give him everything so it's like okay if you promise this then this then i then i'm good with this so even though it's not a specific addiction for me it might be for someone who listens or it might be you know whatever so i really wanted to word it that way and include it that way 
I'm really glad that I did. Yeah, no, I love I love how you made it like not like you made it kind of broad. So like if someone, let's say someone's anyone's struggling with anything can kind of relate to it. That's super dope. Um, sure. And then how do you, which is the last song, well, not the last song, second last song, um, but also probably one of the fan favorites, I would say. It's one of my favorites. Um, It's placed really well in the album. You've covered, like, a lot of um, different thoughts and struggles, and now you're worshiping. Um, Is that kind of a picture of your last few years? And then, like, what what does this song mean to you personally? Mm. Yeah, this song means a lot to me. I'll tell you how it kind of got started I was in just my closet in my old room and I was just like just thinking I was just talking to God and I was like man you really love me like that like you really love me like that like how how do you how do you love me this way how do you like I'm terrible like my lowest of lows are awful you love me anyway like so much so that Jesus came down to die for me and resurrect again. And it's just like, I had this crazy moment that I think um, everyone has, everyone who's saved has had to some extent. So I was like, man, this has to be a worship song. And here's, here's the cool part. I've been wanting to do a worship song for years. And I posted on my Facebook when I was like 13, maybe, maybe 15. Want to do a worship song? Everyone was like, "Do it, do it!" But I wasn't ready, and I didn't know how and all that. So I was like, "I'm not gonna do a fake worship song, that's for sure." So we waited till it was the perfect time, and then I felt moved to do it. And another reason why, like, the reason that I kept the question mark at the end is because, like, still don't know. (laughs) I don't know the answer. Like, (laughs) how does God love me so much? And I think by kind of leaving that, at least for me it shows it's okay to not know the answer as long as you accept this is happening nice yeah yeah no i love that uh love that song that kind of brings us to pretty much the end of the questions we had but i have a few bonus questions (laughs) so i am just curious what songs did you think would perform the best and like did were you right were you wrong like were there any surprises like wow did not expect that to do as good as it did yeah well i mean it's still very early so this could change but um songs that i thought would perform well um obviously wolves ten thousand ways i wasn't sure about vendetta um and that ended up being one of people's favorites which i'm super grateful for because that was very new for me to be at least for like it's weird to say like with this platform, like I've grown so much, but low key I have since anxiety. Um, with like the, the listeners, I don't know. I don't want to say fans. It's just so weird. The listeners that I've picked up since uh, Revenge of the Sith, till Missions and Convictions, has it's all been off of like happy songs, happy-ish songs. So when I dropped Vendetta, I was like, don't know how people are going to respond but thankfully people really liked it and uh i'm glad because i really liked it and then the other song that i thought would be um pretty successful is time zone and uh, actually hasn't been the top half of the album as far as streams go which i'm kind of surprised wow. about but it's more of a summer song and summer's here now so we'll see how it goes 
Um, also, we have some things planned for that song, so I'm sure that'll give it a push. Yeah. And then songs that performed better than I expected, besides Vendetta, the intro has been um, been played quite a bit. And I don't know if that's just because people started the album, they're like, I'm a dip out. Or if people just really liked it, I love the intro. It might It's probably my favorite intro ever. I don't know if Premonitions is up there, as far as like stuff that I've done. But um, glad that people enjoy it. Yeah, I love the intro too. I think the intro is a very good intro <laughs> to the album. Super good. Um, so is there anything that we didn't ask you that if you were us, you would have asked you? I mean, I kind of asked you this personally, but was there anything else? Right. Um, guess maybe here's a question that I've gotten a few times. Why is Odyssey in the promo pictures and stuff? So why is Odyssey in the promo pictures? Yeah. Um, so one person, Sai, actually messaged me and was like, every time I see Odyssey in your promo pictures, I think he's like your guardian angel. So that's not it, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, basically, it was like I couldn't have done this project without him. And I wanted to create a little world for uh, my community, for my listeners to kind of dive into whenever you think about missions and convictions or whatever. So. We decided to have him as a background character, both in the promo pictures and then also in the album. So you'll hear little interludes, little like three to 10 second clips of him and I talking. And some of those are actually pulled directly from the documentary. So it'll be really cool for people to go back and see the Easter eggs. But uh, I just really honestly, bro, I wanted to give him his flowers because He's like an incredible artist and producers don't get as much attention or credit as they deserve. So I wanted to do that in a really cool conceptual way. And I totally get why some people don't get it. No, your Odyssey killed it. He did really good. I love it. Um, so yeah, where, where can we find you on your socials for fans? Yeah, man. Um, I'm at Apex Frazier everywhere. A-P-E-X-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, doing a merch giveaway right now. It'll probably be over by the time this video is out, actually. But I do giveaway sometimes, so I'll be there. And then um, my YouTube channel is going to be popping this summer. That's where the documentary is coming out. Uh, TikTok, you know, whatever. Discord, a part of the community. Then my music is everywhere under the same name. Yeah. Uh, we'll be sure to put all those links below. Be sure to join Apex's Discord server. He's super active there. Super nice community there. Um, as well, um, for sure, for sure. And as well, we're doing a hundred. We're doing a, a giveaway at hundred subscribers as well. So be sure to subscribe. As well as comment your favorite songs from MNC and different things that um, you have for Apex. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>